0: get to meet Malia. This is all fantastic. What a good day, hey? Just to let you know, next week we have dads and kids, so you need to connect in with that if you want to go camping. Camping with kids for two days. If you want to go camping with kids just let you know and we've got our mystery dinner sign up for in two weeks time which means you don't know whose place you're going to but if you'd like to dare to be mysterious then sign up that's a way of connecting with people and we also have a, a another sort of arrival in the last week it's Archie Theodore Exon and so for anyone who knows those guys Malia is the most adorable but there is another child that's arrived as well, and so we just celebrate with those guys too. If you want to follow with us this morning, um, and you don't have a, a Bible, you have got a smartphone, you can connect with you Version, and we're New Living Translation, um, and we're looking at mainly at this section in the Bible called the Book of Acts, and we are talking about this entire sort of term, uh, arm's length, moving from friendly to being friends. You see, I have people say to me around the traps, I don't feel like I belong. Now this can be in a school situation, this can be in a workplace situation, this can be actually right here in a church community situation, Is there's sometimes people who say I don't feel like I belong anywhere and in fact we've been unpacking the process required for anyone to belong anywhere, I mean HR departments will spend millions of dollars trying to solve this one because they know if people get along well and they feel like they're part of a community they will work better, isn't that right? Yes, everyone's looking at me with a frown on their face this morning. Yes, that is right. And so we unpack some of towards belonging. This is kind of what happens. Be willing. There are some people who walk around with their arm up like this. That's why we've titled it Arms Length, because it's safe and comfortable to keep people at bay. But if you want to move closer in connection with someone, at some point, at some stage, you've got to actually move the arm a little bit closer or drop the defences and allow people, and some of the ways to belonging has got to do with turning up, being present anywhere, in any sports team, in any in any workspace. It's good to turn up or else they'll fire you. Open up. At some stage, you need to actually share something about who you are and someone else returns the favour. Um, offer up. Some people who go, you know what, I want to contribute to a place. I want to actually share my skills, my capacities. And until someone does that, they just don't feel like they belong. And then after time... They'll say, time's up, because it takes time to actually build connections. It takes time to actually build frameworks where people are not just on the outside circling around, but when they're willing and wanting to, want to connect in with the centre. And it takes time. But in particular today, we're looking at differences. How on earth can people get along when there are differences? Have you ever met anyone who's different to yourself? People love the idea of community, I find. But they find that the idea of community kind of falls apart when they actually have to share it with someone else. Have you ever noticed that it's easier to do community by yourself? It's a little weird and lonely, but it's so much easier if you just do community by yourself. But how do we get along with people with different attitudes, different ideas, different capacities? My parents... When we were late primary school, early high school, they said, we want to go halfway around Australia. We built up to this trip. And they said, let's share this experience with some of our best friends. Seemed like a great idea at the time, yeah? We travelled together and part of the idea was to get to the this, this place called Uluru. It wasn't called that back then. Um, 150 years ago, Um, but when we actually made it there, the idea was to actually walk the rock. Now, that is not a politically correct thing these days, but the idea was to get there and to walk. Well, we journeyed with this other family, yeah? We went all the way there, and we discovered along the way that community was not not easy to do. We had this idea of community probably sitting around campfires together, looking into each other's eyes, toasting marshmallows singing kumbaya. Man, it got hard because we noticed that there were some people there who were a little bit more stubborn than others. It wasn't me, it was others. And when we got to the rock, I still remember the day we finally arrived there. We were like a third of the way up and if you've ever been there before, you'll notice there, there's this section that gets really dangerous, naki. and we were there and all the kids, the boys had got ahead and the... The wife of the other family was there with her daughter and she was struggling to get up. And it was at that moment we, we witnessed something happen which was kind of a little bit awkward. Um, but the uh, husband and wife started to have a discussion. And she started, yes, yes. And she started and he started. And there was threats of separation and divorce and grievous bodily harm until, until... The dad turned and said, we're gotta go down. And I remember us boys, there was four of us, we looked up at our dad and we looked at him and we're like, we're still going, aren't we? And he looked down at us and he said, man, it's a long way back to Melbourne. We've still got to be another three months to go. We're going down. And so the whole trip, this this destiny was to climb this thing. We, I remember there were no toasting marshmallows for like days or weeks after that. Community is hard. Have you ever noticed that? Differences in getting along? Have you noticed people have different habits to you? Have you met someone with strange habits? I remember at uni I went overseas and I met someone. And we were part of a group and they connected in with our group and they had this unusual habit more unusual than mine is that um, this person, whenever there was a joke cracked or people were laughing, he would do something like this we're like what is that? And, and, and then someone would laugh again and he would do this <laughs> What is that? We realized this was his way of laughing. He would take his hands to his nose and he would sort of wobble them like this, and he would tuck himself up like a rabbit and laugh <laughs> Have you ever noticed some different habits to you that 's weird? It's awkward. I still remember on that trip, I met someone. His name was Daniel from Canberra. And if you're listening to this, Daniel, at any time, picking this up on a podcast, I'm sorry, but it's true, is that uh, he was the most clumsiest person I had ever met in my entire life. So clumsy, in fact, that we called it whenever he did something clumsy, we'd say he did a Daniel. So I remember there in Italy, in, in all places, you know, in Italy, we were making sandwiches and we had... We had the the sandwiches laid out and all the toppings were on and all he had to do was close it like this. All all he had to do. And we looked away, my cousin and I, and we looked back and he's picking up everything off off the grass. So what are you doing? He said, I spilt it all. I said, how did you spill it? All you had to do was just put the lid on. He goes, I don't know, something happened between here and here and it was everywhere. (laughs) Like he was, have you ever met people with unusual habits? You wonder how do you get along together? Differences? Well, that's exactly the same thing that that early followers of Jesus were trying to figure out from different cultures, different ideas, different expectations. A few weeks ago, we, we read this together. Um, this is a group of people um, who had come to know Jesus. Some of them had seen him, they said, come back to life again. And they kind of did a reboot in their own hearts. And so they, they formed this community. They dared to call one another brothers and sisters of God. And so it it was written like this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. That's the first people who followed Jesus, the apostles. And to sharing in meals and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper. That's like a communion. And shared their meals with great joy. In generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people and each day God added to their fellowship their community those who were being rescued or saved this is fantastic you read this and you almost want to put the dot 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 and they lived together happily ever after right and then you read on four chapters Acts chapter 6 um, and you find this but as the believers rapidly multiplied there were rumblings of discontent The Greek speaking, that is people who had a Greek background or non-Jewish background, believers complained about the Hebrew or the Jewish speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Wow, there was some conflict. How do we get along with different ideas and expectations about how you should care for other people, the elderly people within your community? And so they appointed leaders and they tried to resolve that one. Then in Acts chapter 15, we get two people who are best of buddies. They've spent time together fighting. No, not fighting, but, but serving together, planting churches all around Asia Minor is what we know now. Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas was known as an encourager. And they said, let's go back and visit the churches that were planted, kind of like new community. And they agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia on an earlier journey and had not continued with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and he left and the believers entrusted him to God's gracious care. Wow. Wow. Now, some of you here this morning and you're going, this is brilliant. I didn't, I always thought Christians thought that they were perfect. This is brilliant. If you had told me about this, I would have read the Bible years ago because look, they're not getting along. That's like my world. (laughs) We don't always get along. In fact, this is brilliant. Christians aren't perfect. In fact, what you'll find is when you talk to a follower of Jesus, they'll say, actually, we believe we've met someone who is though. And in him, they said his life and he is the light of all humankind. And when we kind of get to know him, he begins to change us. He doesn't make us squeaky clean perfect. In fact, if we had a sign at the front of New Community here, it would be a sign that says, only imperfect, broken, not altogether even some sinful people. You're only, they're the only ones that are welcome in this place. All perfect, no perfect ones allowed. And here they are too. Some people along the way. In fact, if you ask them, they'd say, yeah, we're trying to work this. But as we get to know Jesus, he's wanting to do a work in our hearts and our lives so that we do. So that we get along when disputes happen. I wonder right now if you're thinking about a dispute in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your school, here. We should talk about that. In which you're wondering, how do I get along? Well, here's four things. Four things along the way that as I read through the Bible, there's certain things that they challenge one another about as to how to do it and deal with differences. The first one is simply this, make room. Paul, one of the writers, he says this, make room for us, he writes to a group of people who live in this place called Corinth, still around today. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have exploited no one. I do not say this to condemn you. I've said it before that you have such a place in our hearts that we should live or die with you. Would you please make room for us? What I discover is this. When people get their noses out of joint, when there's differences, where someone's had their toes stood on, what we often do is we close off, don't we? We don't want to make room. We close off. We do it so naturally, we don't even have to think about it. So he says, would you make room? I remember after my wife and I first got married, we went shopping together. Brilliant experience! I would encourage this for any newlyweds to do. We went shopping together, and as we were walking down the aisle, I was—we were shopping for—it was canned fruit. Yeah, first shopping experience, canned fruit. I was walking along the aisle, and I was like, up here, going, yeah, 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 SPC, yeah, 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 SP. Here it is, and I'm like, where, where is Bron? Where, where is she? She's down there. What is she doing down there? She's looking for the canned fruit in the no-name brands. That's why she because all the no-name brands are down the bottom. You notice that? And I'm up here and she's down there. I'm like, man, this is awkward. How am I going to tell her she's wrong? (laughs) This is her first shopping experience. Clearly she's wrong. It's different and she's wrong. There we were in aisle number nine. Working out. How do you do your differences? See, it's so easy to close off. I felt that when my first child was born, There was so much love that just poured into my heart. I just can't explain it. That's just what happened. That I thought there is no way there's any more room for more love for another child. So when the second one was coming along, I did. I thought, is it possible? And what I discovered is love makes room. Isn't that true, Fiona? You wouldn't have thought about Malia 10 years ago if we had said, by the way, there's going to be this, you know, this young little girl. Her name's Malia. You might go, well, that sounds interesting. That sounds nice, but I'm not, not quite there yet. And that's... That's, that's news. In fact, I'm sure family went, you know, uh, you know, if we had said 10 years ago, there's going to be this little girl, Marley, and your daughter's going to be over in East Timor for 10 years. They would have gone, that's new, that's new. Let me just inhale for a moment. and And then a little child comes along and love makes room, doesn't it? Love makes room. So he says this, make room. Practically, how do you do that? It means that when you set the table, On some situation in your life that's different outside your experiences and outside of your estimation of what it should have been, you need to set another place. You need to put the knife and fork out and the placemat out and say, you are welcome here at this table. You need to make a choice. Make room. Second one is this. Along the way, I love this. Don't judge. Jesus said these words, do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged and why worry about the speck in your friend's eyes, I love this bit, when you have a log in your own. Can you imagine a tree trunk and you're looking for a speck and he says, look at yourself first. Now this this is not what I'm talking about here. Yesterday morning, I went down and took my daughter and all her uh, you know connections down there to to netball down the bottom of our street. We drove our, our newly arrived car down there, and I parked it. And when I came back, there were some friends there who went, "Oh, there's someone who you know you've already put a nick in the car, have you?" And I thought they were joking, and I walked up to the car. That's no nick. That's, that's a dint that's at least this big sitting in there gouged out of the car. Was there any note left on the car? No. It's at this stage that I am allowed to judge, alright? <laughs> and if it was any one of you here this morning, you should talk to me afterwards. It's amazing what you can do with a plunger, you know, a toilet plunger. I got half of that thing out, I tell you, you can internet all this stuff. In fact, in fact what this is not saying is that you don't call a right a right and a wrong a wrong. What this does talk about is a bad attitude in which you go around always pointing the finger and saying, you see that person, you see that person there? When I was a phys ed teacher, when I was a high school teacher teaching down in Gippsland, I remember we used to give all authority in heaven and on earth to two kids to choose teams. And we used to stop this very quickly because you know what happened because you might have been part of being selected in a team in which you were the last bunch through. And so you get all, all authority in heaven and earth to two children to say, would you line up all your classmates and now, now you do the selecting. Height, appearance, friendships. Who are the duds along the way? In fact, you might have been here this morning and been one of the last. Painful. Judging. You're setting the whole thing up. And Jesus says... When you point your finger at someone else, if you're really astute and humble, you realise there's three pointing back at you all the time. So before you go ahead and look at a speck in someone else's eye, why don't you just pull the log out of yours first and then you'll be able to see clearer. Isn't that good? (laughs) Don't judge. Third one is this. Could you imagine applying that into your workspace, by the way? All right, we're having a staff meeting today. Number one, make room. Number two, do not judge. Ooh. HR department's working overtime right now. Let's go one. Go to. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offence. If the person listens and confesses that you have won that person back. The intent in this here is firstly that you want to win them back. Have you noticed when someone sins against you, they stand on your toes and the first reaction for you to do is to go, they did that deliberately. Don't you? How did they not know that when they said that word it would mean so much to me? They stood on my toes deliberately. So we do two things in that case. The first one is we get angry and we sweep it under the carpet. Aussies are really good at this. Sweep it under the carpet. Happy face, happy face. And it festers. It becomes a poison. We get bitter. The second thing that we do is we go and tell everyone else about it. Have you noticed that? We go and tell everyone else. When I was in year eight, if you remember McDonald's, they used to have these these pens. Do you remember Grimace Monster? Do you remember Grimace the Monster? I had a Grimace pen. Do you remember getting a Ronald McDonald pen or a Grimace pen or a Hamburger pen? I got the Grimace pen and I took it to school. And during my class time, someone stole my Grimace pen. Did it mean that much to me? No. Was it a purple pen? Yes. And I went outside looking for it. And the principal walked past and he said, What are you doing? I said, I'm looking for my pen. He said, What kind of pen is it? I said, A grimace pen. The next thing I heard, he was on the loudspeakers. What was he thinking? This is year eight where we're fitting in and uh and not standing out is like the most important thing. You understand this youth, don't you? Yeah, you just you suck it up and you just get along and don't stand out from the crowd. <coughs> If anyone has seen Troy Arnott's Grimace pen, you need to return it to the office now. I remember. I remember between classes, going back to the locker room, 6,000 kids chanting, Grimace, Grimace, Grimace. I have had so much counselling over that, you would not believe. But I'm okay. Oh Yeah none of that allowed here. (laughs) It would have been so much easier if someone had just come to me privately or I've gone to one or two people to ask them, do you know where it is? Not to have trumpeted it to everyone else because you inevitably in a workspace say or a friend space or a community space. Where did you hear that? That is often wrong, exaggerated information And then you have to say these words, will you please go back to the person who told you and tell them that is not true, to fix it. It would have been so much easier if someone had have come to me assuming that you did this terrible thing, Troy, and said, would you please help me? When you said that or did that, it made me feel this way and I'm just wondering. So here's the magic words. Please, if you remember nothing else, remember this. Instead of going to accuse them, Go to ask them this question. Can you please help me understand that when you stood on my toes like that, that you weren't meaning to hurt me that way? No, that could you please help me understand that when you did that, well, what what were you trying to do? More often than not, 95% of things will be resolved like this. I'm sorry, I had no idea. Can we go on? Will you forgive me? I appreciate the people who come to me rather than trumping it all around when I've stood on their toes and not even known it at the time. Go to, third one. The last one is this. Two words that make one. For give. Because what I find in this more often than not is that when unforgiveness takes root in someone's heart, it becomes poisonous. You know that too. You know that the walls can go up. No one's making room. No one's going to... No one's uh, you're judging. No one's forgiving. Could you imagine a world in which everyone decided we're going to take an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? Someone once said this: "There'll be no, there be that <laughs> the world be full with blind, toothless people." Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone, see that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people, because evil proliferates evil. But love can proliferate love. Forgive. If you're here this morning and there is a root of bitterness that you go, I don't even know. Troy, how do I make room? How do I not judge? How is it possibly that I go to when I don't want to? How do I forgive? The last thing our university students did before we finished our four-year course was to go away on a retreat together. And we played this game. Physiators, you have to understand this. It was a four-way tug-of-war. Has anyone seen a four-way tug-of-war before? There was a ring in the centre. And there was a huge big rope that went out that way, and a huge big rope that went out that way, a huge big rope that way, a huge big rope this way. Equal teams, guys and girls. And there was a flag in the middle hanging off that ring. And and the person said, this is how the game works. I'm drawing a circle. If you can get this red flag pulled over your quadrant of the circle, you win. That was like a red rag to a bull for Fizzetta. This is great. What a way to finish... Four years of university together, tearing each other apart. Competition, winning at all costs. Brilliant. Problem is, is that when your side was close to pulling it over, the rings were such that you could swing around and the other three teams could gang up and pull you over. And then when it was coming back to the middle, they could swing back out again and start to pull their own way. It went for minutes. And minutes and minutes. And what struck me about that experience together and that activity that we were doing is that in all forms of the reason, you'd look at that and say, here it is, people competing against one another. They will tear each other apart. But in the process of trying to compete, as we fixed our eyes on that red flag there in the center, trying to pull it across, we found something else was happening as we worked together and then pulled apart, worked together and pulled apart is that we were bound closer to one another than what we could ever have imagined. It was weird, but it worked. See, there's a passage in the Bible, and just finishing it, says this. For anyone who wants to follow Jesus, it's like a, a crowd of witnesses surrounding around looking on at you, and they say, don't get tangled up in the things of this world and the sins that can so easily take root in our lives, but fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of life and faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, bearing its shame, and rose again and is seated at the right hand of God, so that if you'll fix your eyes upon him, his love and his power and his grace and his mercy can pour themselves into you, so that when disputes happen, when you find yourself pulling hard and pulling hard against that you can call out to him and say, will you help? Band's going to come up right now and we're going to finish with the song. And if you'd like to join with us, you can. But as they do, are you in the midst of a tug of war today? Workspace, school space, church space, community space, home space. And you're wondering, how do we negotiate this? And you feel like you're pulling apart. Have you ever tried making room? Make a choice. Set out another. Knife and fork, placemat. It's hard. But it can lead to life. Have you ever thought about going to? Whoa, it's not hard. I don't know what is. But you go not accusing, but asking. Can you please help me understand? This morning... Are there three fingers pointing back at you? Lastly, (laughs) forgiving sounds easy, but it is so hard. But you need help. As you hear the words of this song, why don't you dare to fix your eyes on Jesus and ask him?